Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome back to Slow Pit Stop. We've been away for a little while, but we're very grateful you're back with us. As always, I'm Arafat in the UK, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mohammed. Hi, Mohammed. Hi, guys. Okay, hi Mohammed. <laughs> I felt, when I said hi guys, I felt looked so disappointed. I think I'm supposed to say hi Mohammed every episode. Have I a try whole to thing. Yes, I we try to switch thing. it up. But... Stick with it. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, we obviously couldn't record an episode after the Italian Grand Prix. Um, Mohammed was here visiting me, but things uh, didn't go as expected. Yeah, we just had so. Uh, you know, Arfa, his entire side of the family, they all live in the UK. So I was visiting them as uh, some of you guys probably have picked up on Arfa and I are family. Uh, we're not just two strangers who met on the internet. Although imagine if I had met Arfa for the first time as a stranger on the internet and then found out he was my family. Oh, that would have been incredible. That's not what happened. Well, uh, that should be a plot of a film. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And they should call the movie Slow Pit Stop. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, while we were visiting each other, one of our family members uh, unfortunately passed away. Um, and it was quite a, a shock since they were not sick or anything. So nobody was really expecting it. Um, and it happened actually just before the Italian Grand Prix. So and the funeral was actually during the Italian Grand Prix. So neither of us got to watch the race. Uh, I only caught like a little portion of qualifying. I couldn't even really watch qualifying. Um, and we didn't really watch the race until much later. Arafat, did you end up watching the race? No, I think just with everything going on, both of us were quite upset. And I think we just had a little bit of perspective on, obviously we both love racing, but sometimes some things are far more important than cars going around in a circle. So yeah, I think at the time it was all just about being close to family and being together. Yeah, I agree. I like a week after the funeral, I watched the first like 15 laps. Um, and then I just never got to finish it. And then I just didn't get it into me to um, like watch the highlights or anything. But everyone has been talking about it so much on social media that I feel like I know everything that happened without having to have yeah. watched the race itself. But what we do want to say is thank you to everyone who reached out on social media um, we've had people message us publicly, people message us privately, um, people just reaching out and we really, really appreciate that. And thank you everyone for your kind messages. Yeah. And I'm sorry if there's anybody who that did reach out and we didn't respond to them. Uh, we did get a lot of messages and uh, we tried to respond to everybody who reached out to us. But if we didn't, don't take it personally. It's just because we were sort of not really on social media for the past couple of weeks. But we are. This, the podcast is back now. And we'll be, uh, you know, blowing full steam ahead, trying to, to do a lot of catch up work. So you've put in our show notes here, Monster Energy Drink Story, and I have no idea what that's about. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited to see this. So I obviously talk about Formula One to my family members a lot, but I don't really talk to my dad about Formula One a lot, not out of any particular reason. I just happen to not. But I talk to my mom and my sisters. and They all know I'm a huge Lewis fan, they know I do the podcast, they know every, you know, that whole thing. They know I got to to go to Brackley and see the Mercedes headquarters. The other day, my dad was like, 
oh, you know what? Come to the kitchen. I've got a surprise for you. And I was like, okay, what? Well, I don't know what the surprise was. So he brought me to the kitchen. He opened the fridge. And inside is something I never thought I'd ever see in the United States of America. It was 25 cans of the Lewis Hamilton-sponsored Monster <laughs> Energy Drink, which was not available right. in the United States for a very long time. But somehow my dad found like a uh, entire like I don't know stores worth, and he just bought like so many cans for me. And I've got one here. That's I'm showing amazing. it to Arafat. I'm gonna put some pictures up on our social media. It is extremely exciting. Uh, I drink Monster Energy drinks. I don't really like the taste of Red Bull, even before getting into Formula One. I never liked the taste of Red Bull. Mm. So I'm very excited to have these Lewis Hamilton Monster Energy drinks. And I'll just read the little inscription that's on the side. Uh, because if you haven't seen this before, it says Lewis Hamilton. It has n number 44 on the can with his logo. And then on the side, I'll show you our foot. It has his uh, signature too, which is really mm. cool. And it says, when you're, when you're a multiple Formula One world champion, Lewis Hamilton, life moves at 15,000 RPM and 200 miles per hour. A man who exists in a world of milliseconds demands a drink that can keep up. When we partnered with Lewis to create number 44, our R&D team worked flat out to engineer the quickest monster ever. Light, crisp, and refreshing with a fast finish and gets you out front and pulling away. And I'm going to open this can because I haven't, I haven't tasted these yet. I was waiting for the podcast. Oh, really? And I'm going, yeah, I'm going to oh, give wow. you, have you had one of these before? I've had loads, yeah. Oh, do you get them in the UK? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're all over the place. I got them for years ago. I used to get them when I was doing long distance driving. Oh, that is, I had no there. idea. Yeah, you can't get, so I mean, recently they started coming out with these Max Verstappen, uh, like signed Red Bulls that you can get in Walmart and stuff. Mm. So I've seen a lot of those, but I have not seen the Lewis Hamilton 44 for a long time. So this was the first time mm. I'm going to take a sip and I'm just going to give you my live review. Go for it. Okay. So for my first reaction is it tastes like every single monster drink. I've ever had, so I don't know what they did specially. Is it too sugary? It's a little sugary. I usually get the no sugar monster, so yeah, it's a little sweeter. I think the biggest issue I have with these energy drinks is I'm not big into caffeine. I don't drink coffee or anything oh, like that. Loser. So the time I tend to drink them is either on a night shift or a long distance drive. Yeah, and sadly, everything apart from sugar free Red Bull upsets my stomach. Oh no. I know. So even the Lewis Hamilton one, even though I enjoy the taste of it, is very diarrhea-inducing for me. Ooh, that's rough. So enjoy I do it like while you're taste. young, yeah. and your body can still cope with it. This might not be the healthiest thing for me to say, but I usually, my breakfast, you know, especially when I'm doing, like, um, floor service in a hospital, like when I'm just doing, my breakfast is usually just an energy drink and two Tylenol. So, um... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um... What time do you go to bed? Uh, I try to go to bed before 2 a.m. every day. And then I'm usually... Yeah, I was like that. I was talking to someone about this, that before, even when I was like FY1, FY2, core medical trainee, I used to like play PlayStation from midnight to 2 a.m. And then I used to go to work in the morning. I'd be tired, but somehow you just cope. And then sometimes I'd have a nap in the car park before I'd come home. Whereas now... I just, like, I can't do that. I'm too old for that now. 
<laughs> and if I stay up past my bedtime, everything is just broken for the next six weeks. That's so funny. I sometimes try to get a 15 minute nap in the middle of the day that usually if I'm tired, yeah. that'll reset me. But um, yeah, I mean, YOLO. Well, you can do it now, but the second you hit 30, it'll all just fall apart. Okay, well, I'm just going to live my life until I'm 30 and let it all crash mm. and burn on my 30th birthday. But until then, yeah. Lewis Hamilton drink every day for the next month. Let's go. <laughs> Excellent. So, shall we get into the little that we do know about the Italian Grand Prix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, basically nothing. <laughs> I, <laughs> All right, here, I here's, watch the highlights. Let's do let's do a race recap. We don't normally do race recaps, but I'm going to do it because neither of us have seen the race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> recap from two guys that didn't watch the full race. Okay. Yeah. So, the race began and Nothing happened until... Oh, no, something did happen before the race even began. Alex Albans oh, yeah, yeah. decided to explode. And then some anesthetist must have been very excited and overdosed <laughs> him a little bit. I know. Where he had a respiratory <laughs> arrest and had to go to ICU. Oh, could you imagine? Like, sometimes you get patients that are VIP. Yeah. Right? Not yeah. in the sense of no patient is more important than the other, but they're like someone with a name. Yeah. And... Not that it should, but you maybe get a little bit nervous about, oh, I can't make a mistake or this or that or whatever. Um, but it, it seems like they just went full the opposite way. They were like, this guy's important. Be careful. Be careful. Oh, no, we've overdosed him. <laughs> yeah, well, we wish Alex Alban a speedy recovery. Has he recovered? Do you know if he recovered? Yeah, he's back in Monaco. He got, he got oh, released. Because okay. like, literally, I think they just they didn't go into any details. But he went to ICU for 24 hours because I think he just had a bit too much anesthetic yeah, and then woke up the next day instead of after the operation. Yeah. So the, I don't know, did they intubate him or probably not? Right. Yeah. He was intubated. He was intubated for a little bit. I think it was a very short 24 hour job. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Williams didn't even release a statement until like after he was out of the ICU, which I think is pretty crazy. Um, I found that interesting though, because they were, they put a statement out and it was like, he's been transferred to ICU. I think he was, or maybe it was after, I don't know. Yeah. But I just was like, oh, this is his private medical history. Is that we were finding out con- about. <laughs> yeah. Is he even able to consent to this? I think it's one thing to for them to have been like, Alex is unwell. He's had to go to hospital. We hope to see him at the next race. But Nick DeVries, that's whatever. But yeah, if Alex came out afterwards and was like, hey, everyone, my appendix exploded inside me. This happened, this happened. That's different. But I just found it odd that the team was putting out statements about his medical situation. Um, and, uh, you know, even if they just put a sentence like Alex is thankful to everyone for the messages of support. Yeah. It would have said it would have made me feel like, oh, yeah, they're doing this with his permission. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. See, I think they didn't go far enough. I wanted to know what his white count was. I wanted to know what his post-operative CT looked like. I want I want everything. Let me see. Why was he having a post-operative CT? Why in America do you CT everything all the time? You don't want to look to see your handiwork? You've never built something and then admired it for a while? Why are you radiating people for no reason? Um, Because we have a healthcare system that is number one in the world. <laughs> anyway. What are the odds? Like. Yeah. What are the odds? Uh, this is totally not anything to do with our <laughs> podcast. What, what are the odds of giving someone a malignancy if you do a CT pelvis? Probably very, 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 very low. 
I think it's one in 2,000. Yeah, so why not just do it at least a thousand yeah, more times? associated with the risk of approximately one in 2,000. So for every CT you do of someone's pelvis, one in every 2,000 of those is getting a cancer. So stop radiating people. No, no, no. Leave I see, I see it like own. this. Each person gets at least nine, 1,999 CTs in their life before they're guaranteed to have cancer. So he's <laughs> on his, like, what, first or second one? It's fine. It's okay. Oh, it's God. still low. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, I hope he's I hope he's doing okay. Appendicitis sucks. Um, comes out of nowhere. Not, and you have to get emergency surgery. So, and then the anesthesiologist uh, got a little trigger happy. So yeah, none of that was good. But then the race started. Going back to our race recap. Yep. Race and started. Nick DeVries was there. Nick DeVries took his spot. Pointing. Oh, Nick DeVries took his spot. Out qualified Nicholas Latifi, which is crazy because they have the same name, Nick and Nick. And then. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I know Carlos and Carlos and Nick and Nick. It's the same name team. But anyway, mm. he out qualified him by a little bit and he made a little mistake. So he potentially could have done better, but he made a mistake because he had to like learn five different steering wheels to seem because. This weekend, because apparently if you're a Mercedes reserve driver, reserve driver, you need to know everything you can about any Mercedes team because they're just going to. Oh, God. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, race started. He held his own. Um, Russell and Hamilton both went off on the first corner, but who knows why. Oh, also, there's a whole thing about what order do these people go in and nobody knew what order they were going to go in. And then Sebastian retired and then um, well, retired from Formula One and also from the race. But the, the <laughs> But then, um, you know, Leclerc, he pit right as the VSC ended and it was like all good. And then Verstappen by lap two was already back in like third place. And then he was first place immediately and pretty much nothing else happened. And then Ricardo retired and then they were like, hey, do we want to end this race under a safety car? And then they're like, well, if we do, we follow the rules. But if we don't, everybody's going to look at Abu Dhabi. Well, people are going to look at Abu Dhabi regardless. So they ended the race under a safety car. and. Verstappen won. The end. Yeah, I saw a quote from Lewis Hamilton where he was like, "Looks like they followed the rules, and they've only not followed the rules once in history." Well, because they asked like everybody, like, "Do you think they should have done this or not?" And they were just asking people, like everybody was getting asked it, and everyone was saying like, "Yes, they should have because it's the rules." And so when they asked Lewis Hamilton, they're like, "You think they should have ended under, under the safety car?" He was like, "Yeah, because that's what the rule is, and it's been followed." you know, throughout history, there's only been one time that this rule hasn't been followed. And like, yeah. it, actually, did you hear him say it? It's actually pretty heartbreaking. Like you can kind of hear the, I, like, I, no, I didn't hear. I just read it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear it. And then Sam bird on uh, the checkered flag podcast was like, you know, if the rules had been followed, he'd be an eight time world champion. So you can definitely understand yeah. the frustration coming from Lewis Hamilton. But I'm glad that they have followed it. At least it looks like they're learning from their mistakes. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Yeah. But I think it's totally <laughs> fair to say this rule sucks. Yeah. And they decide to change the rule. Like some some people have talked about, okay, if there's a safety car in this period of the race, then they would prefer a red flag and a start again mm -hmm. from the grid. Mm -hmm. And people can change the tires, whatever. If If that's what they want to make the rule, that's what they make the rule. But... You can't start doing things on the fly in yeah. the middle of the race. Yeah. Well, so let me ask you, what would you... I was going to make this my fan question of the week, but I didn't do it. How would you change this to make it more entertaining? Or would you even change it? I don't think I would change it because it's not something that's happened very often. If this was happening, like, 
four or five, six races a year, you'd say, okay, you know, we're ruining the spectacle, blah, blah, blah. But this happens so infrequently. Um, and I worry anything else would almost seem gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think the one thing that might happen in the next, like, few years is that under a red flag you won't be allowed to change anything on your car anymore um because you know that's the rule right now i can see that rule getting changed and if that rule you could argue hey this is unsafe our car was supposed to pit we got caught out by the red flag we can't send a car out that's unsafe to send out now yeah so they won't send it out let us change no they won't let they won't just just say (laughs) you can't send it out but my my like feeling is if that rule gets changed then when a situation like this, they'll just throw the red flag because then it hmm. effectively neutralizes the race. Nobody can change tires. So it doesn't really matter, you know, if, if you throw hmm. the red flag right now, if you throw the red flag, it causes all kinds of drama because everyone will switch onto soft hmm. tires and, you know, yeah. yeah. But once in a while, it's fine because it's like, oh, like a random bit of luck has mixed everything up. Yeah. But to become a regular thing is probably a problem. What's frustrating to me is that we actually haven't had that race yet where everything gets mixed up. And, like, I don't know what this season is. Maybe, I don't know if we want to talk about it later. Uh, let's talk about it now. Why not? But I I don't know. How how do you view this season so far? I, it feels like the end of the season because Verstappen has already won, basically. So, uh, to me, yeah. this is just, like, it started so competitive and then it completely just fell apart to the point where I'm yeah, like... it became the Verstappen show. Yeah, and, okay, we're Mercedes fans, so it's really hoity-toity of us to be complaining about that. But I didn't watch in 2017, 2018. You watched that in those years. What was mm. it like? Was it Did it feel the same way where it unraveled early and it was just the Lewis Hamilton show? Probably. Um but because the driver I was supporting was winning, I was enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I think the thing now is even, like, you look at 2021, even if we had races where, you know, you had those sort of races where, let's say, Verstappen's out in the front on a medium tire and Charles yeah. Leclerc is chasing him down on a soft tire and you're like, oh, who will be in the lead at the end? We just don't even have competition. Um and that's what you want to see. I, I almost don't mind Verstappen winning every race as long as there was a competition along the way. To make him win. Okay, but is that what it was like in 2017, 2018? Was it legitimately? Because a lot of people say 2017 is a year Ferrari should have won, but they made too many mistakes. 2018, 2019, yeah, you can argue. I think it was competitive. I think the things that would happen is these seasons get very, very long, and we're going to talk about it in the calendar later. Mm-hmm. But... I felt like those seasons, the first half and second half were very different. I felt like the first half, they'd always be like, oh, Rosberg's doing well, or Vettel's doing well, or Bottas is doing well, and whatever else. And you'd maybe have like six races that were like, oh, Ferrari have done quite well here, and six Mm -hmm. races, oh, Bottas has done well here. Whereas the reason Lewis would win is because he was just, he didn't run out of steam. Yeah. Whereas everyone else sort of would have bad races and fall away. He Mm -hmm. just continued. And then it would get into the second half of the season and he'd like work the car out and he'd just suddenly be on another level to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think the second half of the seasons would be quote unquote boring Mm -hmm. because at that point he had no competition left. Mm -hmm. And I think that was what set him apart to everyone else. Everyone else would be able to put together good weekends Mm -hmm. 
Whereas he put together a, a whole good year. So if that makes sense. How would you qualify this year compared to that? I think there's no other team really, apart from right at the beginning of the season when Ferrari doing it, that are putting together good weekends. I think Red Bull yeah. have been without competition for a much longer period of the year. Yeah. So maybe it just feels, you know, unsatisfying for us. You know, honestly, I don't even know where to direct my anger because maybe at Ferrari, because Verstappen's not doing anything wrong. He's not even no. like, I don't think he's even being like an exception. I think he was a better driver last year. This year, I feel like he's just doing the job and going in, making the overtakes, winning the races, and he has no real, nothing challenging him. Whereas, I don't know, maybe my anger is at Ferrari. Like, why couldn't you put together a better team to take the fight to Red Bull? Mm. You know, I don't know. It's very frustrating, and I really hope it changes because generally the thinking is the first year defines how the rest of the era will go, and, you know, Red Bull already has an advantage, and they'll just run away with the advantage. So I, I really hope, I, I don't know. I just hope it's not like this in future years. It is statistically, Verstappen has the biggest lead going into the summer break that we've seen in the modern era. So statistically, that's yeah. true. Hamilton has never had such a high lead going into the era, into the uh, the break. He's probably going to break Vettel's thirteen race win. Yeah, this had reminds 11. me more of like Vettel dominance than Hamilton dominance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just frustrating, you know, like. But speaking of dominating, yeah, Nick DeVries nominated Nick Latifi. <laughs> Put it that way. That was impressive. So first ever race in a Formula One car. He finishes in the points. Yeah. And like, has Latifi even scored points this year? No. I don't think so. Has he not? He is the no. only okay. pointless driver in Formula One. Yeah. Yeah. Full meaning intended. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think Nick DeVries did an amazing job and this has triggered a whole bunch of different driver market stuff because <coughs> Nick DeVries should be on the grid next year. Oh yeah. Um, he sort of got lost a little bit going from Formula 2 to Formula E. You know, he did, there weren't any seats available. He didn't quite get his chance. Um, but now he's sort of come in and in one race weekend has proved to so many people that he deserves to be there to the point where I think actually he's most likely to end up at AlphaTauri. Yeah, it's really interesting now. To, like, he had no offers on the table. Now he has four offers on the table. He's got mm. Alphatori, Williams, um, uh, who else? Uh, Alpine, and um, at least Haas. one. And Haas, yeah, Haas. So he's got four offers to join a team. And I think it's really tough going into your first weekend. You want to do well. You know, p other people have gotten their chances and just been very anonymous. I think back to, like, Jack Aitken, for example, uh, was given mm. a... Uh, a shot i think in bahrain or something in 2020 and he like did 10 laps and then he spun out and then everyone pretty much forgot about it except me so mm, like he could have about it yeah he could have he could have just been like that he could have just he could have come in driven a race maybe finished p14 p15 and that would have been the end of it but he qualified you know relatively well and then because of everybody on the grid getting like penalties except him he was able to uh, start like p8 or something and then held the position at the start, did well against, you know, to, to, to keep it, and he finished in the points, and that's really impressive. It reminds me a little bit of Yuki finishing in the points on his first ever race, and everyone had all this, like, mm. promise about him. So I think it could, it could go either way, but I think being in Formula E, winning that championship, I think has 
you know, given him some experience. And, and I do think he's worthy and ready for a Formula One car. If you're uh, Nick DeVries' manager, yeah, what team do you send him to? See, I <clears throat> this is why I can't be a Formula One manager because I don't take big risks. So the best mm. team to send him to would be Alpine because they clearly yeah. have the most upward trajectory right now. But, but it he's looks not, like Alpine want Gasly. Yeah, it's not guaranteed at all. But so Alpine want Gasly if uh, AlphaTauri can get Colton Herta. We're gonna talk about Herta later, but they're not gonna get Colton Herta. So Alpine mm. probably won't get Gasly. So I would probably send Latifi to or not Latifi. <laughs> I'll send Latifi back to his dad's store. I'd probably send Nick DeVries to Williams uh, because him and Albon are kind of both in the same situation. They both want to be in a smaller team for a couple of years and then jump up to a big team. And I think you can really have the opportunity to jump up uh, from Williams. So that's what I would do. Um, well, I don't know. What would you do, Arfat? So I would fight really hard for the Alpine seat. Okay. I would do everything I can if I was his manager to make sure um, – What's his face? Gasly stays at uh, AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri. He's going to stay there, so, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> AlphaTauri to me, well, I think Gasly will still end up in Alpine. Really? I think that's what's going to happen. Why do you think happen. so? Yeah. So I think AlphaTauri wanted a good driver in mm-hmm. their car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they lose Gasly to Alpine, they wanted Colton Herta. But yeah. the FIA have not granted him a super license because he's an IndyCar driver. But I think AlphaTauri will be happy with Nick DeVries. Um, and they can put him into their AlphaTauri meat grinder. Um, did you see? This is a slight tangent again. Hemi Algoswari, he was speaking to some newspaper or something. And he talked about like the PTSD and nightmares of being part of the Red Bull Junior program. Who? And like... Hamy Algosari, he was in Toro Rosso from 2009 to 2011. I'm looking up. Hamy. He found. Yeah, it's it's Jamie. Oh. But he's Spanish. Interesting. So he was in Alphatori. What did he say about it? Toro Rosso, yeah. Yeah, Toro Rosso. He just said the experience was really traumatic. He used to um, wake up in the night sometimes still with nightmares about the time working for Red Bull. Hmm. Um, like he left motor racing altogether and went and became a DJ. Huh. Um, and he was really like, <laughs> wow. He, was, he, had good he just talent. left. Yeah, he just left, and he he was you know fairly talented. A car that wasn't very good mm-hmm. in 2011. He was sort of regularly putting into the points. I think he scored twice as many points as his teammate. Mm-hmm. And he was still dumped and let go by them. Yeah, and he was really young at the time. He was like 19. I think he was. Who like did he the get? First who did he get dumped for? Who who took his spot or whatever? Oh, was it was not Vettel? Also in twenty twelve. Uh, Science, Carlos Science. Maybe, maybe it was Science and no Daniel Ricardo and John Eric Fern. Mm. Well, the reason I was going to say that is because as much of a meat grinder, Red Bull's junior system is. Whoever comes out of it tends to be a very good driver. You know. Yeah, I think what they do is they take lots of good drivers, mm-hmm. but then. You feel like people like Sebastian Boemi, John Eric Fern, mm. Hemi Algoshari. I think these are all people that would have had good Grand Prix careers, mm-hmm. but because of a lack of seats, just mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really tough. Like I keep my thing that I keep coming back to. I am polar opposites to Stefano Domenicali. Mm-hmm. I think we need twenty six cars on the grid. I yeah. think we need more teams, more seats. And there's plenty of high quality drivers out there. Even people like Colton Herta. Formula One is being 
exceptionally snobby about mm -hmm. America mm -hmm. and the American racing leagues. And it's mad because from a business sense, it makes so much sense to have an American driver on the grid, mm -hmm. especially when you're going to have like 600 Three American races, races yeah. a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just being exceptionally snobby about it, being like, no, this is our FIA Formula 3 and 2. This is where drivers come from. You know, high quality drivers like Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> I don't. What do you. Other than Toto Wolf wanting a bigger slice of the pie, what is holding up these other teams? Because they didn't they do it in 2014 or something, like an audition for new teams to join the grid. And that's how Haas joined the grid. Like, what is stopping them from doing that again? Because when Bernie Eccleston added three new teams to the grid, he added Virgin. Mm -hmm. which was Manor Racing. He added uh, HRT, Hispania Racing Team, and they added Caterham, which was sort of Lotus mm. for a bit. They basically, you had to finish in the top 10 to get prize money. Mm -hmm. So you had 13 teams and three of them would get no money. So everyone else was like, yeah, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's going to be three teams here that are not getting paid. We don't care. Mm -hmm. um, whereas now the whole structure of it is, no, we want more teams in there but we want them to get a slice of the pie as well mm -hmm. whereas the big teams are like no we don't want to share the money mm. i mean yeah but i so i understand it from like total wolf's perspective but i guess his like say is so strong over stefano domenicali that he can keep him from adding three teams to the grid yeah i i guess the big teams will be like no if you add more teams we're going to pull out Mm -hmm. But I think FIA need to just be brave and be like, okay, like call their bluff on it. Be like, go on, leave Formula One. We'll be fine without you. We have Porsche wanting to come in. We have Audi wanting to come in. Yeah. If you want to leave, leave. Yeah. Okay. I hope that happens. We'll see. Let's see. It's very yeah. interesting. At the same time, I want Mercedes to have an unlimited budget that they can just throw money at any problem and watch it go away so they win. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> uh, but speaking of um, Colton Herta, so you were wrong yeah. on Colton Herta, crazily enough. Yeah. You said on our live show, if a team wants a driver enough, the FIA will drop the super license requirement and get and let them in. And is it just because they just hate Americans? Is that what's happened? Yes. Because nice. the exceptions were made for Kimi Räikkönen, and exceptions were made for Max. when Max Verstappen started driving a Formula One car, he didn't have a driving license to drive a normal car. Um, so exceptions have been made for people in the past. I wonder. Colton Hurt's problem is he's American and he has a weird haircut. I wonder if it's my fault because yes. so I'm gonna apologize. I put on a I put on a character for these shows where I'm uber American. I love America, bald eagle, fist pump in the air. And I think Stefano Domenicali has gotten the wrong impression that this is what all Americans are like. So I'm actually not very patriotic. I don't even know when our Independence Day is. I think it's like August 4th or something. So I want to I wanna apologize to Stefano and, and tell him that, you know, we're not all like this. He should let Colton in. It'll be fine. Nothing bad will happen. Let's see if he listens. <laughs> but, um, I hope so. Yeah. Basically, in all these musical chairs, because Colton's not coming in, I think it's guaranteed Sonoda a place for another year. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Latifi is just going to be dropped from everything. So, okay, let's let's figure this out. Latifi's dropped. 
let's say bye 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 latifi (laughs) okay we're we're joking around making obviously latifi is a much better driver than either of us two ever will be we're saying that for legal purposes only we're saying that for legal purposes and it's a really tough sport because for the people that are in the paddock and whatever else they seem to all be saying he's a really really nice guy he's very personable people get along with him and it is tough and I don't know. Sometimes you wonder about the current set of regulations. They just suit a driver and not another one. So, like, I think the, the way the cars are just now do not suit Daniel Ricciardo. Mm-hmm. If you look at the early part of his career, he was, on fire. Say, you know, he was one of the top four or five yeah, drivers. That was really good. And Vettel, in the cars that were around 2010, 11, 12, he was unstoppable with that double diffuser yeah. concept. And Formula One sort of came to him at that time. So, you know, maybe in another universe where the cars are a little bit different, Latifi is gets a chance to show off his talents. That's a really rough aspect of the sport. All right, if we're gonna be like open and be honest and stuff, and say our feels and speak our truths, I'll speak my truth. Obviously, Latifi is a very talented driver. You can't just get into Formula One and be a horrible, horrible driver. Uh, I think the problem is, like you said, cough, Mazaspin, cough. Well, I was gonna bring up Mazaspin because. Like you said, there's only 20 seats, so we're kind of like our perspective is skewed to the best 19 or 18 drivers, you know, and then one or two medium level drivers sneak in, but we compare them to Verstappen and Lewis and, you know, Carlos and Charles Leclerc and George Russell and these really good drivers. And it's easy to be like, oh, they suck. If there was like leagues, for example, you know, like you know, you had your upper echelon and then you had like your medium level drivers and stuff like that. Then we could be like, okay, yeah, he's not really in Lewis Hamilton's league. He's in his own league, but we don't really have stuff like that in Formula 1 because there's only 20 seats. Yeah, yeah. agreed. We should have 40 seats in Formula 1. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> but also, you know how like sometimes, um, I'm seeing this now, but basically, I don't watch football, but you know in the English Premier League? Yeah. No, but okay, continue. All the footballers that my friends liked when I was growing up Mm -hmm. are all basically managers now. Mm -hmm. And it's quite funny because like, there's people that I used to think of as managers, like Alex Ferguson and things like that. In Mm -hmm. my head, when I think of a manager, I think of these people, but I never saw him play football Mm because it was like 500 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I knew the way we saw like Nicky Lauda in Mercedes and Alain Prost in... Um, in Renault, mm-hmm. I would love one day for Latifi to become some sort of team principal mm-hmm. and win the world championship that way. That'd be <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you know what happened, like Christian Horner. Christian Horner is a failed yeah. racing driver. Toto's a failed racing driver. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm solid. Them are really. I think so many yeah. like Zach Brown. I think was a is a failed racing driver too. Right? I don't think he Maybe, he has a racing career. He does. Mm. So I, I, I agree with you. It's just the way that the sport is set up that only the best of the best can make it in. And we're moving away now from pay drivers as well. Because, like you said, everybody gets a slice of the pie, so they don't need pay drivers as much. So I think that's just the future. I do feel bad for Colton Hurd. I hope he gets a seat. But, yeah, so Gasly to Alpine. Um, that would put Nick DeVries in the Alphatory seat. Who? What happens with Mick Schumacher at Haas? <coughs> Mick Schumacher goes to Williams. I think he's in a very tenuous position 
Um, I don't know what's happening. Mick Schumacher, I think, is basically hoping for the dust to settle and the seat to still be available. Hmm. Hmm. I think the stock of people like Gasly, like Nick DeVries, um, all these other people are more sought after than he is. Yeah, definitely. I almost want to say he's going to stay in Haas. I don't know if he really has, like, the only place he's jumping to, if not Haas, is Williams. And I think yeah. Haas is doing better than Williams this year. So would you really want to jump down to, to Williams? I don't know. But that well, leaves... If Haas decide to give his seat to Ricardo. I don't That's not going to happen, think... though. Where do you think Ricardo's going? Sabbatical. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I think he stays at Haas, and I think Williams has to figure out who their next driver is. And I don't know who that is. Maybe Nico Hulkenberg. I have mm-hmm. no clue. Yeah. Maybe Arfat Mullah. That's you. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said your full name. Now people can Google you on the internet. <laughs> okay. So that's silly season for the umpteenth time. We usually do it one one episode, but silly season has been going on forever. So yeah. <laughs> we keep talking about it. Speaking of silly season, mm-hmm. um, did you see this weird thing about a Verstappen baby? I did not see anything about a Verstappen baby. Is he having a baby? Well... Apparently, I don't know if this was photoshopped or not. I saw people talking about it earlier in the week where apparently Kelly PK put out like a message on Instagram or something where it was like, I've tested positive, but not for COVID. haha, And then like a picture wow. of like a pregnant person. Um, and Wait, was she the pregnant person or, or somebody else? I think her, maybe. I don't know. Oh. But no, no, like an emoji. Oh, OK. okay. Picture, like the pregnant emoji. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then deleted it. And people were like, oh, maybe she was supposed to just put it out to her like inner circle, but accidentally made it public. Yeah. Um, so there's all these rumors flying around that oh, Verstappen and Kelly Pique are having a baby. So I don't know what's real, what's not real. Is it just Photoshopped? Is it just... But people are chatting nonsense on the internet. So if it is real, yeah. we obviously wish all the best of health to everybody, all parties involved. Yeah. Because... There's people saying some pretty sick things out there that we are not associating with in any way. But I thought we can still have some fun with this. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know where this is going, but I'm so excited to find out. <laughs> so if this baby is real, and again, uh, wishing all the best of health to everyone, I think we can help them out by helping them pick a name. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. So I've got some name ideas in my head and I was trying to work out how you could rate them um, like, I don't know. Vibes. I'm, I'm rating them on vibes out of yeah. 10. Yep. So name suggested number one. Okay. Michael Massey, PK Verstappen. Uh, that's too on the nose. Everyone would know there'd be collusion. So I'll say 10 out of 10 as perfect. They should name it right now. One out of 10 as horrible. I'm going to give that a solid two out of ten it's two okay. on the nose you gotta go you gotta go if it was michael or Massey, i'd give that a 10 out of 10 <laughs> oh okay uh fine um name number two yoss <laughs> i don't know why i find that so funny <laughs> that's a 10 out of 10 <laughs> Yes, Verstappen is such a bad guy. <laughs> it's like naming your child Gaston, like you know, from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ten yeah. out of ten. 
uh, name number three, maybe after the person that introduced them. So Daniel, as in Daniel Kvyat. Oh no! Oh my God! Can you imagine if Daniel loses his wife or his girlfriend or whatever to Max? Then he has a kid with her, and they name him Daniel. That's a perfect ten out of ten. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I, I've I've not thought of any girl names. I, I don't know if you have any suggestions. Uh, for the girls, let's see. Um, Maxine. Yeah, Maxine. Maxine would be good. That'd be a good seven yeah. or eight out of ten. Josie instead of Yoss. Josie. <laughs> yeah, all these, all the, all the names we've suggested. Michelle, have, like Danielle. You could have like a girl version of all of them. Oh, yeah. uh, I think Michelle, I think they should name their child Lewis. Oh, <laughs> that would be good. Ten out of ten. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I want, I want Christian Horner to have a child and name him Max or, or, or like Helmet yeah. Mark or one of these guys. That... Oh, imagine if they called the child Christian. <laughs> imagine if they called the child Helmet. <laughs> oh. Christian and Helmet would both be incredible names. Uh, yeah. That'd be terrible. In reality, you know what the kid's name is going to be, right? There's only one option. It'll be Max Jr. No, it'll be Nelson. Oh yes. <laughs> What's the girl version of Nelson? Nelly, Nelsina. Nelly. Nelly. Nelson. Oh, no, no. Girl. How about? Name. How about? For a name suggestion. Brazilian N word. Who? Not even the N word. Just Brazilian N word. <laughs> 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 oh, and then he has to. It's not racist. It's not racist. It's a description of the color of his skin. It's not racist. It's not racist because <laughs> our grandmother named him this. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> our grandmother uses it as a term of endearment. So it's not racist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yes, I hope. Yeah. Um, they're listening. Uh, I know that Max and uh, <laughs> Kelly are uh, longtime listeners and they subscribed and everything. So I hope you find these suggestions helpful. Uh, and again, best of health. Also, I just want to tell Kelly, I don't real. care. I know you listen to our episode, Kelly. I don't care what anybody else on the internet says. I don't think you look exactly like your brother. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't think it. Okay, I just want you to know that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna be kicked off the internet pretty soon. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's fine. Uh, um, should we quickly, for the last couple of minutes, just discuss the twenty twenty three calendar? Uh, yeah, and then I want to do a little game with you real quick. Okay, I'll talk about the calendar. It's a million races long. China's come back. Um, they are in America a few times. They're zigzagging all over the world for some reason. They can't just start in Australia and move across. I don't know why. Um, and Las Vegas is the race starts at 1 a.m. because it wants to promote Las Vegas's family friendly uh, atmosphere now mm. in the post gambling world where all <laughs> gambling has moved online. <laughs> so, yeah, they basically put it on a TV time for the European audience and have totally just said go to hell to the Americans, which makes no sense to me or anyone else. But wait, 1 a.m. local time? No, wait. Yes. What? 1 a.m. local time. I have to look this up. Is it really 
Oh my god, yeah. 1 a.m. Oh, 1 a.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Okay, 1 a.m. Eastern is fine. 10 p.m. local time. Because 1 a.m. local time means like 4 a.m. Eastern, which is ridiculous. Because that's not that's 9 a.m. for you, so you could actually, you know, work with that. But 1 a.m. Eastern is uh 6 a.m. for you, so it's still early in the morning. But it's still insane. It's early, but you know what my favorite thing about the Las Vegas Grand Prix is? Is it like 1 a.m. Eastern? Yeah, it's 1 a.m. Eastern. Eastern time mm-hmm. to GMT. Oh, yeah, 6 a.m. I don't know. It's very strange. Why not just put it on at a normal time for the local people? Well, I'll tell you why they've made it at 10 p.m. when most of the restaurants surrounding the track will be closed. It's because, as many people have figured out online, the optimal viewing spot for the Las Vegas Grand Prix, where you can get the start, stop, everything, perfect viewing down the strip, is the corner window seat in the Rainforest Cafe. And, uh, I think that's amazing because I, I just think it's going to be so amazing to watch all these people who really want good seats sitting next to an animatronic gorilla and an animatronic tiger and the lights turning from day <laughs> to night to day to night with thunder in the background and fog that comes and little rabbits. So beautiful, the Rainforest Cafe. And that's why they've made it at 10 p.m. because the Rainforest Cafe closes at 9.30. So... They don't want anybody getting... Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, however, um, have a plan. You have a game for me. I do have a game, but I have a plan. The plan is, mm. I'm going to get into the Rainforest Cafe. I'm going to hide in the bathroom. Mm. Once it closes, I'm going to sneak out of the bathroom. I'm going to get that corner seat, and I'm going to have the best viewing experience of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Excellent. Yes. I my game for you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. My game for you is not really a game so much as I hope to hear your opinion, but it's also a little bit of a game. Rank for me the drivers in the top three teams so who has performed the best and i'm not talking about just points wise but like given the card that they have who has been the best and driver versus who has been the worst out of the top six drivers so i think the (coughs) bread of the sandwich is easiest okay so you can say verstappen number one okay and perez number six (laughs) <laughs> you were quick on the draw with that <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that to me is easy i mean we did say verstappen maybe isn't getting the chance to show off his skills this year because he's not being challenged yeah but that, that's not his fault he's going so much faster than everyone else he's yeah. doing a great job <clears throat> um who would i put in number two Mm. that's really tricky because i'd say all of them are having a roughly equal year but in the card that they have that's that's the caveat because if you want to just put it by points you know that's like dumb (laughs) Uh, yeah no no, not by points but i think carlos is probably having a better time than leclerc okay i think he's making mistakes on sunday yeah some of it's not his fault and like when Carlos is having problems, like his car is setting itself on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not his fault. To, yeah, it's hard to compare what's going on with them. But I think Carlos is probably driving very well. He won Silverstone. Um, Leclerc did really, really well at the beginning of the year. But then, I don't know whether it was psychological or just his team imploding around him has not executed. So I'm going to put Carlos above Leclerc mm-hmm. because oh, I'll tell you why. 
because Carlos is having to create the entire Ferrari strategy from inside his car as well. I'm like, uh, do you want medium tires or soft tires? And he can't be like, well, how are they working for the other teams? Have you? No, he's just like, no, let's do this. Let's do that. Speaking of that, so real quick, could... before you continue, apparently in the hmm. Italian Grand Prix, which is, I guess, what this episode is about, he was watching the screens to see the people on the soft tires lap times. And then when he saw hmm. that they were good, he told his team, I want a soft tire. I can see that they have good lap times. So he is doing literally everyone's job. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so for that reason, Carlos gets to go above Leclerc. Okay. Now let's try and work out where the Mercedes go in this sandwich. Lewis, I think he had a difficult first part of the season. I think things like the crash with Alonso probably count against him. Mm-hmm. Um, or is Russell... He had the crash too like, with uh, somebody else. Remember he was out uh, yeah. in Silverstone, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Silverstone wasn't really his fault. He just got hit by from behind. Um like, I, I'm trying to be objective, but, like, as a Lewis fan, I'm just going to put him really high up, aren't I? Because <laughs> you can do no wrong for me. Just do um, it. So I'm going to put him in P2 just for, because I want to put him there. Um, <clears throat> P3, I'm going to put Carlos. Mm-hmm. P4, I'm going to put George. Mm-hmm. P5, I'm reluctantly going to put Leclerc, because I wish he'd had a better year. Yeah. I kind of have this like P1 Verstappen, P2 joint the others, and then P6 Perez. That's that's <laughs> no. Where I, I think it's I think it's much clearer in my mind. So I, I I like the way that you. I I think it's fair to put Perez in sixth, and I don't think it's his fault because I think that the Red Bull is developing away from his driving style, um, which is always very tough when that happens, and it's going to be really his driving interesting. style is to take a midfield car and accidentally sneak onto the podium. <laughs> That's his entire jam. And what he's doing is taking a top-end car and every now and again accidentally sneaking onto the podium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. He gets sixth place. <laughs> um, I think first I'm actually going to give to Lewis. I know obviously we are huge, uh, we're extremely biased, but the reason why it's not against Verstappen, I think that Lewis is having to outdrive his car on multiple occasions Mm. i just think about like silverstone and france times when i don't think the mercedes was ready to lead a race but lewis is leading the race he did yeah definitely so his whole run of podiums that he had was like three 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 two two yeah it was it was very strong and um I, so I'm going to I'm gonna give it to Lewis because I think he has to outdrive the car. And I, he, I don't think he's had to do that in the past. Uh, I think Verstappen, I'll give him P2 only because he's not being challenged. Although I, it's not his yeah. fault. It's not his fault that Ferrari can't keep up with him. But because yeah. of that, he's kind of just driving. He's not really doing anything crazy hard. So I'll yeah. give him P2. Uh, and then P3, I'll give Carlos because I agree that he's been performing better than Leclerc. I really, the moment I lost faith in Leclerc is when he spun out of the lead in the dry in what was it? I think Imola, he did that and Mm. he just threw away a win that should have been a very easy win. So Carlos hasn't really made any significant mistakes like that. So then I think it goes Carl's Carlos. And then I think I'm going to give it to George over Charles Leclerc. And I think it's because George has shown incredible consistency he hasn't finished outside of the top five even till now, and he's picked up podiums when he shouldn't have, uh, including when it hurt the team, <clears throat> Dutch Grand Prix. But uh, I'm gonna give it to him then, and uh, then I'm gonna give it to Charles, who I think is you know the greatest source of my frustration 
is him and Ferrari for not putting together a better challenge. Uh, and then Sergio Perez. <laughs> so that's my that's my order. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Lewis wins a race between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I don't want to keep talking about that because I feel like I'm gonna jinx it or something. Yeah, but yeah. Think... Yeah. Oh well. Where uh, are we going next? Singapore? Yes. Yeah. I think Lewis needs to go to some fashion week for a week before Singapore. I think he needs the media to call him out and to make a big deal about it. I think he needs to show up and put the car on pole. That's what I think is mm, right. that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Should we say goodbye to everyone? Yeah, we can say goodbye. Oh, it's the end of the episode. So sad. Um, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, we're going to try and have more content out. Our last three Donuts and Drivers episodes went to YouTube, and that's generally how we're going to be doing things now because we have a real-life website and game board that we can play with, and you guys won't be able to see it on the audio version. Uh, but we're still going to put the audio versions up on Spotify just in case you want to listen to it on your way to work or whatever, even if you can't see what's going on. Um, so those will be going on to our Spotify. Those aren't new episodes per se, cause you can watch them on YouTube right now, but at least you'll get the option to listen to it. Um, I know we keep talking about our giveaways and stuff. Those are definitely still coming. It's just that Arfa and I haven't had the opportunity to really put it together, but I would say within the next like couple weeks, uh, we'll be announcing, uh, the details for those things. Um, and then, what else do we have, Arfa? We've got an interview coming up with Bianca, who's been up uh, to do mm-hmm. some really fun stuff. She's been, her Instagram has been extremely busy. So yeah, yeah that'll be fun. Doing loads to Singapore. Yeah, and uh, it'll be your turn to interview her because no, apparently we take turns now <laughs> interviewing <laughs> her. <laughs> uh, anything you want to say, Arfa, before we close it out? Uh, no, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the messages that you sent us, and we hope to see you after Singapore. Bye. Bye. Oh, they're slow. It's a slow pit stop, Rocky. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.